Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. I want to read a few words uh, from the Bible, an amazing story in John chapter 11 and verse 1. This is what the Bible says. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. And when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Wow. They go to Jesus. We've just seen some great families presenting their kids before Jesus. Mary and Martha are presenting their brother before Jesus. He's really sick and he's going to die. And the Bible says that Jesus hears this and he says, you know, I'm going to hang around. I'm going to wait for two days. Two days. Now, I know that some people in the room are already saying, wow, if Jesus is late, then I can be late. Yeah? I know all around the room. I mean, when I was at Bible college, there was a guy who used to say, Jesus prayed. And if Jesus prayed, how much more should I pray? And I know that some people in the room are like, Jesus was late. How much more should I be late? Yeah, it's lovely. I I know everyone's looking around going, it's not me. It's the guys in the overflow. So the thing is, (laughs) but Jesus, what are you doing? They've just come to you and said, listen, we've got troubles and we need you to help. And Jesus' timing is unbelievable because Jesus is like, wow, do you know what? It's going, to, it's going to come. His timing's going to be when his timing is. This is amazing Jesus. He says he, he, he stayed around for two days, didn't go near it. And then, I love this, and we move on to verse 38, and we see that Jesus comes, and, and, and Lazarus, he's been buried now. Now, you've got to understand, if you read the few verses before, you'll see that Mary and Martha, they're going crazy. When Jesus turns up, They're like, oh, if you had been here a few days ago, things would be different. I mean, like, wow. Martha's like, in verse 21, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus is like, oh. It's like, wow. And then that was Martha. Mary was like not even wanting to talk to Jesus. She's like, I'm not even going near this guy. Because we told him we were in troubles and he just wasn't around for us. But then in verse 38, this is what the Bible says. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, but this time there is a bad odor for he has been there for four days. And then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they stood, they took away the stone and Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. 
I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that is worthy of a clap. Jesus spoke and everything, everything changed. Now, we're going to have a little um, kind of problem in a moment because I don't know if we can put the title of my sermon up, but this is the title of my sermon up. Now, I'm Scottish, so I say this word, buried, yeah? That's how it is, buried, yeah? Because there's a U, it says B-U, yeah? But I know there's lots of English people in the room, and you all say, buried, yeah? Because when I said, I'm going to, I said to, in the office, I says, I'm going to speak about buried. And the person in the office was like, no one knows what that means. That's not even a word. I'm like, no, 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 it is buried because it's a you, be you, yeah? But I've got all the way through this talk, I've got to say, barred, yeah? So when I'm saying barred, it's because English people, yeah? Can you imagine being Scottish and trying to talk to Siri, yeah? <laughs> Siri does not understand. It's like, put some Mariah Carey on. Sorry, we do not know what you mean, yeah? It's like, put your Mariah Carey on. Yeah, Scottish. So, buried, but I'm going to say, I'm going to change and fit into your culture and say, all right, yeah? But you see, Jesus turned up and he was in a situation where Lazarus had been buried. And there we are. What a circumstance. What a situation. And I prayed a lot about who I was standing in front of in this moment. And I believe that there are many of us that are buried in our troubles. That there are people in this room that are buried in their circumstance. You feel like you're buried under your circumstances. There are people that feel like their troubles have got too much for them. I spoke to God and I says, God, who am I going to be standing in front of on Sunday? And God was speaking to me and said that there are people in the room that are feeling like they're buried in their troubles. People that are consumed by their circumstances. They, it feels like everything is closing in on you. There are people in the room that feel like they can hardly breathe because the situation has overcome them. God was speaking to my soul and said, there are people in the room that are, have got a feeling that everything is closing in on them. A feeling that they're closed in at every side. I don't know who I'm speaking to today, but I know that there are people all around this venue and you feel the situation, the circumstances are on top of you. God spoke to me that there's somebody who feels so overwhelmed. You're here today and you feel so overwhelmed. You feel like you can hardly breathe. 
Somebody in the room is struggling to sleep at night because you're feeling like everything is on top of you. You're feeling like you are buried under your circumstances. It's like your situation is too much. I don't know, you're maybe looking amazing today. And on the outside, you look fantastic. But there are people in the room that are overwhelmed by their circumstance. They're finding it hard to just get through the day. They're finding it difficult to cope and deal with the circumstance that they feel that they have been landed with. They feel like their situation is beginning to define them. It's like every time you speak, every time you get talking with someone, it all comes up. You're, you're feeling overwhelmed. I don't want to be too emotive, but this morning when I was praying, I felt there's somebody in the room and you are feeling like you, can, you want to come up for air. You want to come up for air, but you feel like you're going down. Everything's on top of you and you cannot breathe. You're buried in your stuff. Somebody in the room that said to God, oh God, I, I might forget this whole thing. I might end this whole thing because I just feel so overwhelmed. Circumstances that are on top of us. Situations that are closing in on us. It's like, wow. And Jesus turns up and Lazarus is buried. And he turns up in this venue he turns up in this room. And friend, I, I've never met some of you. I don't know some of you, but Jesus is in this room right now. And he's looking at some people who are buried in their stuff. Buried in their circumstances. Buried under their troubles. And Jesus is here. You see, Mary and Martha... They were like, oh, Jesus, if you'd only been around, if you'd only been here, our brother would never have died. But I love the feeling and the sense, oh, Jesus, you are here, so it is well. Jesus, you are here, so it is well. You see, you maybe have been singing the songs and you felt the emotion. You've seen these amazing families praying for their children. And maybe in this room, you're feeling buried, but he is here. So it is well. It is well. Nothing's changed yet. Nothing's changed. Lazarus is still buried. Lazarus is still gone, but... He is here. It is well. And we're in this room and hey, I've not got a magic wand to wave and so all your struggles leave. I've not got some kind of big holy magic stick that makes all your troubles go away. But what I do want to speak to your soul is that he is here. It is well. He is here. It is well. Wow. You see, Lazarus is buried and Jesus comes and Jesus begins to speak. 
I love this, that Jesus says Lazarus' name and lots of people have preached great sermons on this and said, he knows your name and those are great sermons, but the best thing I've ever heard was somebody said, Jesus had to say Lazarus' name or the whole tomb, everybody would have got up. Everyone, all the people would just be rising up from the dead. He definitely meant me. Yeah, he definitely meant me. No, he did not mean you, he meant me. No, no, Tony, not you. And uh, that was just a random name. Don't get hung up on that. So the thing is, Tony at the back going, I am never coming here again. So the thing is, Jesus speaks. This is one of the things I wanted to speak to your soul. That your situation, your circumstances do not dictate your outcome. His word dictates your outcome. Your circumstances do not dictate your outcome. His word dictates your outcome. Ah, we believe this stuff. We believe that the word of God changes everything. That the word, when Jesus speaks it, it is Jesus that changes the situation. It is not your circumstance that dictates the outcome. It's his word that dictates the outcome. Your circumstances want to bury you. Your troubles want to put you down for good. But I want to say it's not your circumstances, friend, that dictate the state of play. It is not however many troubles you have that get to dictate the state of play. But it is his word that dictates the state of play. Oh, I may be surrounded by challenging, challenging circumstances but I am not consumed by them. I am not consumed by them. I I may be challenged by things all around me, but I am not consumed by them because Jesus came and Jesus spoke the word. And when Jesus spoke the word, everything changed. And Jesus comes. And friend, you might have turned up here as, as, as a friend of a family. You might be here for the first time. And you are sitting listening to this and you're thinking, if this Scottish guy knew half of my stuff, if he knew what I was going through, but yet here we are, we raise our hands and we worship because we believe in this Jesus who speaks. And it's not your circumstance that will dictate your outcome, but it is his word that will change everything. He speaks Jesus speaks. I love this. Some of you know that this is a year. It's a year since those little lads um, were found in the caves. Do you remember that? The little boys, the Thai lads that got themselves in so much trouble. I loved that story and I was reading a little bit about it. You know, they ventured, they went on this incredible venture and and they ventured in while the cave was dry, but then they were caught by like a sudden deluge of rain. And um, they had to keep on trying to get away and they they got themselves further and further into the network of caves. And most of you know the story that, you know, these boys and and their coach, the assistant coach, they found themselves trapped deep in these caves. And probably most of us know that a man had to lose his life in trying to make a way for those little lads to escape. 
Most of you know that there was one of the rescue team died because he was trying to make a way, make a way possible for these kids to escape. You see, I'm talking about being buried and and let me be as honest and straight as I can because the Bible says that all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The, the Bible says that all of us have messed up. I love that. If you've come here today and you don't feel very religious and you're looking at us and you're thinking, well, they're religious. I'm not really into religion. We're not religious. We're as messed up as you. We're all messed up. Let me tell you, I know some of these guys on the front row and they are the most messed up. They are the most messed up. That's why they put them in the front row to keep them away from other people. Because they are very, very messed up. We're all messed up. The Bible says all have sinned. I love this. It doesn't say, you know, oh, some people have sinned. It doesn't say a class of people have sinned. It doesn't say a race have been sinned. It says all of us. Every one of us is messed up. We're buried in our mess. We're buried in our guilt. We're buried in our stuff. And just like those little boys that were in that cave, they're, they're there and, and, and they've wandered off. I love this because the Bible says that all We've all like sheep strayed away. We've all strayed away from the arms of God. We've strayed away. If you've strayed away today, you're in good company because we've all strayed away. We've all strayed away from the goodness and the greatness of God. These little lads, they strayed away. They, they found themselves lost and then they were trapped. That's like us. We stray away from God. We think we can do it on our own. And then we get trapped in our stuff. We get trapped in our mess. We get trapped in our circumstance. But you see, the reason why we're so passionate, friend, is because we look at this Bible and we realize that God saw us trapped. God saw us buried. God saw us buried in our guilt and in our shame and in our mess. And the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. That he gave his son. You see, Jesus, he died on the cross. He died on the cross because a way needed to be made for it to be possible for us to get out of our trap and back into the arms of God. Jesus lost his life to make it possible for us to be rescued. That man in all the efforts and energy to get those little boys back up to their families. And I don't know if some of you saw the video or if you saw some of the clips where you saw the families, the dads up in that bit crying and sobbing, desperate to see their kids again. And one of these rescuers, he died trying to make it possible for these little boys to get back up into the arms of the father. And... This is a story of the Bible that God sent his son Jesus, that Jesus died a horrendous and horrible death. He lost his life. He was beaten and busted and broken and pinned on a cross. And the cross was a story of making a way of rescue that we could be found back in the arms of the Father, back in the arms of God. 
They're no longer trapped, no longer buried, no longer in all our mess and in our rubbish. The only way that we could be rescued and returned to the one who loves us was for Jesus to die. He died on the cross and the way was made possible. You see, ah, oh, maybe you were in for that song, It Is Well With My Soul. Maybe you saw some of us with our hands up in the air and you saw some of us get a bit emotional. It's not because we're crazy. It's because we've understood and realized that God loved you and he loved me so much that he was willing to send his own son, his only begotten son, the one whom he loved, the one whom he adored, he was willing to send his son Jesus to go and was born in a manger and wow, incredible, and started to do miracles around and then was pinned on a cross. His body beaten and bust and broken. I don't want to be over dramatic, but you know, they say that his body was so beaten and smashed that you could not even tell whether it was a man or a woman pinned on the cross, dying a horrible death. What is this story? This story is that a God loved you and loved me so much that he sent his son that a way could be made a way could be made possible for me to be rescued from all that I'm in and be found in the arms of God. Wow. But we've still got a choice. A way has been made. But I love this, that, you know, the rescuers, they made this way possible for these little boys to be saved but the boys have still had to agree that they were going to do it. And here we are in this room in 2019, and it's like, you've still got a choice. God has made a way possible. He's made a rescue route. The cross has made an incredible tunnel for you to get out of your buried and guilt and sin and rubbish and into the arms of God. But you choose. You can say, do you know what? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Today, at the end of this talk, you could be like, oh, no, 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 no. It's fine. I'm fine. It's good. I'm okay. You don't know the tears I've wept about these moments. There will be people in this auditorium that would just be like, God, I'm fine. I'm good. I don't need your rescue plan. I don't need the way you have made for me to be saved. And you're going to get up and you're going to leave the room and you may drift forever and ever without God. Or in this room at the end of this talk, I'm praying that many all around this auditorium would be like, oh God, thank you that you have made a way possible that through Jesus Christ, I can come through the cross and I can come out of my buried state and I can come into the glorious light and daylight of a Father God who loves me and cares for me. And the best part of this story is that you've got a Father God who when he sees you, he's been looking for you. He has been looking for you. He is so excited. He is desperate to see you. 
I don't want you to think that God's kind of like not even bothered. God's like, oh, they're down in the cave somewhere, whatever. They're buried in their stuff. Well, whatever. If they come up, no, no big deal. Father God has been looking for you. He is pacing around. He is desperate to see your face. He is hoping and desiring and believing that you are going to come through, that you're going to come through into the daylight. And he is going to pick you up and he's going to hold you. He loves you. Wow. See, I'm believing for some people in this room today that it's just like Lazarus. From buried 10 feet under to buried in his arms. I mean, those little kids, when they came out of that cave and their family saw them, when dad saw his little boy who he thought was dead, when dad saw his little lad that all the reports had told him, there's no way you're going to get him out of those caves. When he saw his little kid, he runs and he picks his little lad up. Did it matter to his little, to him at all that the little lad was dirty and filthy and smelt a bit? He didn't care about any of that. He picks his little lad up and he's like, oh, I thought you were dead and now you are alive. Oh, wow. Do you think God in heaven is bothered that we're a little bit smelly and a bit stinky? Is God bothered about the fact that we're a bit flawed? Ain't God's bothered by the fact that you've made some mistakes and you've got a few regrets? You think God's bothered about the fact that you come out and the, the light startles you a little bit and it's all a bit overwhelming? He doesn't care about any of that. God is just so glad to see you come home. He's so glad to see you come home. He gets his arms around you. He loves you. He's longing to see you. Oh, buried 10 feet under to buried in his arms buried in the arms of the father my uh, my dad's actually here today because uh, tonight my son um, is getting baptized and uh, I can remember I can remember something that happened with my dad um we used to go to the, I used to go to school. <laughs> I don't know why I told you that. And uh, <laughs> people just writing that down went to school. Amazing. And uh, it's good that they've got schools in Scotland. And uh, at my school, I remember at campus school, we used to live really close. And I mean, listen, I know none of you can imagine this, but I, sometimes I could be a bit annoying at school. Do you know, why are you laughing at that, Tamsin? And, and louder than everyone else. And uh, I, I could be a little bit annoying. And I, I got into a few bumps and scrapes and kind of stuff like that. And I, I was always the kid that like, like used to try and make the class laugh. I remember one class, the teacher had this dodgy overhead projector. Do people remember overhead projectors? Do you remember those things? They were awesome. Do you remember in church where you used to have to look after them and you could make the whole, the whole congregation, whoa, whoa, love that, yeah. And then we used to sing these songs, Graham Kendrick songs, that had about 87 verses, do you remember that? Oh, I used to, I didn't even care anymore, I just shoved them up there, who cares? People would sing other songs to the tune of Graham Kendrick songs and just, yeah, whatever, 
I'm sure it's all the same to you, Lord. And uh, I remember at school, like the teacher says, oh, that plug's a little bit dodgy. Be careful with it. Mark, do you mind putting it in? And I remember putting the plug in and pretending to be electrocuted. <laughs> Fell on the floor, shaking. Teacher came crying. Oh, no, this is terrible. This is terrible. But then there's that horrible thing. Some of you have no idea what I'm chatting about because you don't do practical jokes. But if you're in a practical joke, there's that moment where you think, when do you actually say? <laughs> Ta-da! Just kidding. Just a joke. That's a hard moment to work out, especially when your teacher is calling for the headmaster to come. And all that, it's not easy, not easy. But I remember being at this junior school and I got myself in a little bit of stuff and I was getting a little bit bullied and you know these four or five lads saw me in the playground and says we're going to kind of we're going to get you at the end we're going to get you we're going to do you and uh, I was not like a brave you know brave heart like kind of I did not pull my uniform off with a kilt painted face freedom I didn't do that I was terrified and at the end, all these kids came to get me. And I remember just this moment where I thought, I'm going for it. I'm running. I am running. And I just like went flying past them, out the gate. I'm running home. And I remember running. These lads are chasing me. And they're catching me. And I'm thinking, if I can just get to that corner, I'm going to turn that corner and I'll be able to see my front door. And I'm running and they are literally, they are on my shoulder. And I get round the corner. And I look, and in the front garden, and my dad, he never gardens, yeah? Now he's gonna be in the green room. Oh, that's not true. It's true, yeah? He never gardens. He's in the front room, he's in the front garden, and he's kind of doing some stuff. I just see my dad, and these guys are right behind me. And I'm like, Dad! Dad! My dad looks up, I love you, yeah? My dad's there, and I give him a massive hug. My dad's thinking, wow, my son has run home to tell me that he loves me. This is awesome. But I was there, embraced my dad, buried in his arms. And then I'm not proud of this. But I got behind my dad and went to these guys. Not proud of that. If you're one of those lads and you're here now, I'm not proud of that, yeah. But the sense in which I was safe in the arms of the Father, buried and then buried in his arms. And we started this talk by saying that many of us find ourselves buried in situations and circumstances and troubles. And I felt so strongly in my heart to say that God is, he is out there in that front garden. He's looking for you. I believe that there are some people in the room and God's been looking for a little while. He's been wanting you to come around that corner for a while. There's some people in the room and maybe... Maybe you've been distant from God. Maybe you've been distant from God for a long time. 
And Father, he's looking for you. Wherever you're sitting, whatever your story is, whatever your situation is, whatever reason meant that you went astray, none of that is important right now. What is important right now is that Father God looks at you right now and says, come home. Come home. Welcome home. I'm looking for you. I'm looking for you. And, you know, some of you know the story of the Thai lads. You know that people were talking about media contracts and people were talking about getting these guys opportunities and all of that. You need to know something. Those dads, when they saw their little lads, they were not bothered about any of that stuff. They were just delighted to see that their little lad who'd been buried in so much stuff. And I felt so strongly to say to some people in the room, you know, you can trip up over the small print. You can get yourself all tangled up in, well, you don't understand. I used to be at church. I went to Sunday school. You can get all caught up in that. But listen, this moment is about Father. Just so glad to see you. He's calling you home. He's calling you home. He looks at your soul. He says, oh, son. Son, just come home. He's looking at you now and he's saying, daughter, princess, just come, just come, just come home. We're buried in our stuff. We're buried in our trouble. And today we have a moment where we can be buried in his arms. You can just come. You don't need to make excuses. You don't need to say where you've been. You don't need to say what you've been doing. All he's looking for you is to come round that corner and welcome home. Welcome home. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.